Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for watching this morning. I hope you've uh, had a great time so far. My name's Pastor Matt. And this morning, uh, we are going to be looking at areas of leadership. Over the last several weeks, we've been on a journey of uh, discovering our pathway and uh, discovering, uh, as a church, the pathways that we can follow. And it started with Equip 1, Equip 2, Equip 3, two weeks of Equip, Equip 3, which was absolutely vital and important. And that links back to that video that you've just watched. And at the same time, Equip Four, and we're up to equip four today. So equip four is all about two areas and two things particularly. The first area is personal leadership and the second area is corporate leadership. And uh, I'm going to be showing you today uh, a great next step uh, for your journey that if you've completed EQ or equip one, two and three, then the next step would be to develop areas of leadership within your own life. Now, areas of leadership are two particular things. Leadership starts with being able to lead yourself well. Uh, you, the, the Craig Rochelle says this that we're going to discover. He says the hardest person to lead is yourself. And I know that is absolutely true. And the second area is obviously corporate worship. So, sorry, corporate leadership. Corporate worship as well. But corporate leadership. <coughs> and so corporate leadership is the influence that you have around those in your world and those in your life. And so that's everybody. That's everybody from, uh, um, you know, people that you meet in the shop right through to the people that you live with, how you influence them. So I hope you're ready. If you've got your pen and your paper ready, we're going to dive into some scripture and we're going to roll up our sleeves literally this morning and really hook into this. So I hope that you're ready. I hope that you're listening and I really hope hope that you get something out of today. Let's, let's start with prayer together. Father, we just thank you right now for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, now for what you are doing. Lord, we thank you for the way in which you are leading us. Help us lean on you this morning and help us step into the things that you have prepared for us today. Thank you, Lord, for the pathways that you provide, for the ways in which you guide us through life, Lord. Even in these uh, times that we live in, God, Lord, we lean on you. We look to you completely in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen and amen. All right, let's get into it. Uh, I'm going to start with a story this morning. Everybody loves stories, and so uh, I love a good story. And uh, <clears throat> it was a story about a priest uh, who was confronted by a soldier when he was walking down a road in pre-revolutionary Russia. The soldier, aiming his rifle at the preach, commanded, Who are you? I'm, I'm not going to be able to do a good Russian accent, so I'll just, I'll just stick with the Aussie version of it. Um, uh, who are you? Where are you going? And why are you going there? Unfazed, the priest calmly replied, How much do they pay you? Somewhat surprised, the soldier responded, 25 kopecks a month. The priest paused. And in a deeply thoughtful manner said, I have a proposal for you. I'll pay you 50 kopecks each month if you stop me here every day and challenge me to respond to those same three questions. Good questions. What were they? What were they? 
How much, sorry, who are you, where are you going, and why are you going there? How would you respond to someone who asks you those same three questions? Who are you, where are you going, and why are you going there? You see, in Christ, we find our identity and life's purpose. We can answer those three questions with confidence when we follow Jesus. Right. So, who are you is the first question. My point number one is what I raised before. The hardest person to lead is yourself. The hardest person to lead is yourself. Sometimes, first thing Monday morning, the hardest person to get out of bed is yourself before you get everybody else out of bed, if, that's, if you're a parent or uh, if you're living with others. But uh, you see, great leaders have learned how to lead themselves well. You need to understand that your potential to lead others is a as a direct result of how you lead yourself. But why does self-leadership matter so much? If you're leading others, they're not just listening to you. They're watching how you live your life. If you live your life with intentionality, discipline, integrity, and purpose, people will grow to trust and respect you based on what they observe in your life. But the opposite is also true. Trust and respect diminish if you don't lead yourself well. Craig Rochelle again says this. He says, great leadership isn't just about leading others. Great leadership starts with leading yourself. You see, people will work for a paycheck. They'll give their heart for a mission they love. But when you lead yourself toward passion, mission and purpose, others will follow you more effectively. The greatest example of personal leadership is, of course, the greatest leader of all time, Jesus Christ. Jesus showed the best personal leadership and the best preparedness to lay himself on the line for the benefit of not just his disciples, but the entire world. He made the most single-handedly, the most significant impact upon the world today far greater than any other leader. Some may, some may compare to great leadership skills of, uh, of uh, you know, I don't know, George Bush or, or, you know, some of you might argue that one, but um, of the great leaders of the world. But no one made impact that is still lasting today for millions and millions of people, for nations no one made an impact like Jesus Christ. The way he lived his life is he gave mankind insight into spiritual, mental, emotional. He gave insight into uh, community and he actually gave solutions in practical ways to practical issues that we face even today. 1 John chapter 3 says this, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. There is a great leadership principle for all of us that we would lay down our lives for others and those around us. 
Verse 17 says, But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? So in other words, we show the love of God by the way that we give, by the way that we are prepared to sow into other people's lives. My little children in verse 18, it says, Let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Guess what? Personal leadership is shown by how you live your life in deed and in truth. And by this, we know that we are of the truth, verse 19, and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. Let me just stop there. What does it mean for our heart to condemn us? In other words, are we not moved in our heart? Is our heart awakened not only just to our own needs, but the needs of those all around us? See, friends, as we go through our life, as we journey through the things that we need to experience and the life that God has for us, what happens is this, is that we begin to, our heart begins to be molded by the experiences that we have. And so if we allow those experiences to cause a scarring upon our heart or upon our life, then what happens is that we feel condemned. But let me tell you, friends, Jesus is not here to condemn you by what you have done or what has been done in the past. Jesus is here that you would feel convicted and that you would feel moved by the example of his life. And friends, that is the greatest leadership of all time. Verse 22 says, And whatever we ask, we shall receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. You may be wondering in your own life right now, you go, well, Lord, why haven't you answered me? You know, why haven't you provided these things? You may be somebody who says, thank you, Lord. Thank you for providing all these things. I'll tell you right now, the difference is, have you kept his commandments? Have you, have you revisited the prophetic words in your life? Have you stepped into obedience with him? Because, friends, he's not here to punish, but what he is here to do is uplift, uphold, and continue that heart journey within your life. Verse 23, and this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and, you got it, love one another as he gave us the commandment. Ephesians 5 verse 2 says it this way, And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. You smell good when you walk in love. You smell good when you continually reach out in love towards those around you. Let me tell you this, personal leadership is shown to those immediately in your world and in your life. Personal leadership, personal leadership. Remember, sometimes the hardest person to lead is ourselves. A leader must always be prepared to serve. See, Matthew chapter 20, verse 26 says this way. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must 
be your servant. Wow. So in other words, to go up, you've got to go down. To go high, you've got to go low. And that is exactly the way Jesus lived his life. See, this challenges the way in which we lead ourselves. Always keeping at the forefront of our mind the condition of our heart when it comes to personal leadership. We have seen leaders in the political arena. We have uh, seen leaders in and around the world that will often, uh, uh, as they step into areas of leadership, they'll become puffed up. They'll become prideful. They'll become, uh, 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 you know, not just large in who they are, but they become the center of their world. We can see it when the, when the world glorifies a rock star or, or, or an actor or something, and, and, and they lose perspective perspective of what a world of what the world of what the common man um, and we're all not so common but but we're all very special but they lose perspective and what that is is that pride that builds up in a person's heart but you see if you stay low to go high then what happens is this is that you keep proper perspective that Jesus Christ is on the throne not me Jesus Christ is my example. He, in the way that he served, had the greatest impact, the greatest world leadership principles that anyone has ever seen. Leadership begins with your ability to lead yourself well. Then comes corporate leadership. In other words, the ability to lead or influence in others in a positive way. John Maxwell says it this way. That leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. So if that's true, I, I propose this to you. If leadership is influence and that is true, then we can ask ourselves these types of questions. We can ask, what influence do you allow or give permission to? I'm going to ask you this directly. You might want to write this question down. You might even want to take time to come back and really answer these questions that I'm about to ask you because these are crucial in your own personal leadership. What influence do you allow or give permission to? What voice do you listen to the most? Is it your own? You listen to yourself sometimes. Is it your spouse or your partner? A business or work colleague? Is it your family? Perhaps you listen most to your family. What about your own voice? Do you listen to yourself sometimes? Would you take perhaps your own advice? You know, sometimes I would love our politicians to listen to themselves sometimes. I'll leave that one there. See, the Bible says in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So in other words, the overflow, what is bubbling up, what is overflowing out of our heart. So that means that our heart can only contain so much. Our hearts can be enlarged, our hearts can be molded and shaped. And what I mean by our hearts, do I mean our physical hearts? Well, not really. The heart of the matter, the heart of who you are, your intentionality, the core of who you are. And what happens, what happens is this, is it fills up on that which you 
meditate most on, upon the influence that you allow the most in your life. And what you dwell on the most is revealed by what you say and how you say it. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, your heart is embedded with the belief system that your mind determines. Your mind determines or resolves the issues that it dwells on or thinks about. What you think about mostly has its origins in what influences you the most. So again, I ask you the question, what influences you the most? Because that is what you're thinking on. And what you think on gets embedded into your heart. And when your heart can't contain it anymore, it overflows by the words that you speak and the actions that you take. I want to challenge you, challenge you. This is the challenge for those who would dare, right? Ask the person beside you or those that are close to you, what influences me the most? They'll be able to tell you, embrace yourself. Hopefully it's a positive answer. But then again, it may not be the response you thought. As whatever response you get, make sure that your reaction is measured. What those around you hear you say and how you say it and how you live it reveals your greatest influence. Perhaps your greatest influence is the media. Perhaps your greatest influence is, a, is, is, is scripture. Whatever that might be, it will be evidenced by the words that you speak, how you say it, and the evidence of your life. So to develop a great positive foundation... I want to give you this one key. Number one, develop your, your leadership identity. Develop your leadership identity. It can seem logical to start with the second one, but I'm going to start with the first. I'm not going to give you the second one just yet, but it's this. But it's actually important to start with our own identity. If you always feel like you're a junior, still developing, or sort of a leader, but not really... You need to embrace your leadership identity. And you might say, well, Matt, you know, uh, you know I'm not a leader. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I, I just do what I told, do what I'm told when I get to work. And you know, I'm not a leader in the church. Hey, remember what John Maxwell said, leadership is influence. So you provide leadership to those whomever you have influence over, okay? So leadership is not just something you do. A leader is who you are. Leadership is not a title, it's not a position. Leadership is a mindset. You have influence and your leadership matters in the community today. Believe you me, there has never been a time where your leadership matters the most than right now. When you see yourself as a leader, it changes your posture, your confidence, and how you interact with people. When you see yourself as a leader, you stand taller, you think higher, and you care deeper. You stand taller. You feel deep, genuine responsibility for those around you. The buck stops with you and you feel the weight 
but also you experience the blessings of the outcomes. You think higher. You're thinking ahead, projecting into the future. You're not just working in your own world and business. You're working on it. Great leadership isn't just about leading others. It starts with self-leadership. Leadership is not a title or position. Understand, it's a mindset. Because you can care, you can care deeper. You can love more. And because you care more and love more, you don't see your role as a job. You see it as a calling and a passion to influence those around you in a positive way. And remember, the greatest way you can influence is to serve all the way. The second area is this. Define your leadership initiatives. Be honest with yourself. At worst, nobody likes leaders. We can deceive ourselves, but we'll never be able to lead ourselves as long as we lie to ourselves. We need to be specific about the things that we want to grow in, that we need to name our skills, identify what we're good at, what we're not good at. But we can't develop a skill that we haven't defined already. The third area of our point Number one, where leadership starts with ourselves, is to determine your leadership inputs. Who speaks into you? Who speaks into your heart? Who are you going to allow yourself to be accountable to? Who are you going to allow to step into that area of leadership of your own life? That, these three areas, are great three areas to start in your self-leadership. My second overall point is about corporate leadership. To have influence, we must live beyond ourselves. Matthew chapter 22, verse 26 says it this way. But among you, it will be different. So here, uh, Jesus was talking about, you know, the Pharisees and the religious leaders and even just some of the leaders themselves is that it was all about title and position. It was all about uh, being seen to be leading, being seen in the right places, uh, hanging out at the right conferences, mixing it with some great politicians, um, going to the right gym, wearing the right clothes, all of those sorts of things, right? But, uh, <clears throat> but he says this, but among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader must be your servant. We understand that, don't we? The second thing is in Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 says this, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Proverbs 29 verse 11 says, a fool vents with all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. Why? Because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Over the overflow of what is in us, what is deep within us, the mouth speaks. A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 says, Let nothing done be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out, not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Now, remember, we're talking about corporate leadership now. 
We've moved on from personal leadership and now we're stepping into corporate leadership. You want to know how to lead others? Then serve others. That's the greatest influence that you'll have, the most positive impact on our community. Matthew chapter 24, and we're going to read verses 45 and 47, says it this way. Who here qualifies for the job of overseeing a kitchen? A person the master can depend on to feed the workers on time each day. Someone the master can drop in on unannounced and always find him doing his job. A God-blessed man or woman. I tell you, it won't be long before the master will put this person in charge of the whole operation. So in other words, Jesus is looking for somebody who will do the little things well. And not just for five minutes. If I know anything, that Jesus takes us on a journey, that God takes us on a path of that heart issue and that heart connection where what actually happens is that our heart becomes enlarged because often it looks like doing the things that we don't want to do. Doing the things that may not actually even come naturally to us. Doing the things that we loathe the most. Why? Because he's just chipping those sharp edges around. He's molding and shaping our heart into the best version of ourselves. And you see, this is what Jesus is all about. He's not just about, you know, knocking us down and keeping us low. He says, I need to shape and change you because you've been doing it on your own for such a long time. And has it worked? How's it going with you? What is the answer from somebody around you? How did they respond to you when you said, who influences me the most? Where does my life need to improve? You see, I, I know I need to listen to this. I need to listen to those that are around me as well because I don't have it all. I don't have all the answers and friends, nor do you, nor do you. And that's why Jesus has us on this heart journey of where he says, if you would just trust me, let me take your heart, shape it, mold it. It may look like a difficult, tough thing to do the things that you don't want to do, but let me shape you. And guess what? The result is always magnificent. That is the process of building progress in our lives. If we were to drive to work every day and observe the daily progress of a a unique building being constructed, just around the corner from the house that we used to live in, there was these two homes being being constructed. And well, there was actually three. There was two homes being built from the ground up and and then there was a third that was being renovated. And, you know, I didn't think the third was ugly to begin with. Uh, My daughter, Shiloh, uh, thought that it, uh, you know, was a a house, you know, out of the movies, like, you know, something bad's going on inside there or something like that. But but it was this mission brown brick. And uh, over a period of about 12 months, we watched the owners transform this house and they rendered the outside they put beautiful stonework down the chimney and and at first we were oh I wonder what they're going to do and we would drive past every morning and speculate is are they going to put a pool in there is that a garage is is that a shed or what are they extending out the back there 
Even the houses that were being built from the ground, you could see the foundations and go, wow, that is going to be a big home. But you actually don't actually realize it until the house is being constructed. And so often our lives represent that. You see, Jesus is looking for a big foundation. Why? So he can build a big life for you, a big impact, big influence. But often we don't take time to appreciate the foundations that he's laid in order to build that big, magnificent structure. And you see now we drive past those houses and we go, Wow, look at that house. Look at the the impressive nature of the different design and the different purposes that the structure has revealed. Often our life is the same. We cannot judge somebody based upon the foundational things that God is doing in their life. We cannot judge ourselves by some of those foundational things. But in 20, maybe 30 years' time, we can look back and go, wow, God, you were building a magnificent life for me. You were building me into a bigger person, a better person, and more effective person in, in serving him and worshiping him. And it does take time. N.T. Wright describes partnering between believers and God uh, through describing a stonemason working on part of a great cathedral. He says this, this particular worker is not building a cathedral. They are enacting the plans of someone else and they are focused on their small part to play. They aren't building their own miniature cathedral or throwing out the designer's plans in favour of their own. They are contributing in some small way to a project much greater than themselves. They are not themselves building the cathedral, but they are building for the cathedral. And when the cathedral is complete, their work will be enhanced, ennobled, and will mean much more than it could have meant as they were chiseling it and shaping it down in the stonemason's yard. See, often it's easy to lose sight of what God is actually doing in our own life because we need to see the big picture. And to see the big picture, we've got to trust him in the small things. When we talk about leadership, obviously sometimes it can be a scary thing. You know, I've got so many books on leadership. Gordon Moore, Bill Hybels, John Maxwell, Ford Taylor. All of these books, absolute gold when it comes to developing as a leader. Have I read each of these cover to cover? Not quite, not yet. But there are certain chapters that I've gone, yeah, I need that and yeah, I need to work on that and I need to come back to that. But you see, what happens is as we read through Jesus' principles of leadership, he said it this way. He said, he said, he said I can, in my paraphrase, I can lead well because I know whom I am under. And what he was saying was he's referring to that he is submitted to the Father. He says, I go where I see the Father go, I say what I hear the Father saying, and I do what I see the Father 
doing. In other words, he was completely submitted to the leadership of Heavenly Father. Leadership can be a scary thing because often people associate leadership with submission. I would challenge the notion that leadership means submission. There are appropriate times to submit ourselves to the appropriate people. However, the kingdom of heaven places more emphasis on a concept that we talked about several months ago called mutual submission. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 11, verse 30. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, a yoke was mostly used with two oxen. It's the piece of wood that joins two oxen together. <clears throat> One is highly experienced and the other is still learning. It is almost like Jesus is saying, come on, let's pull this thing together. I'm here to help you. I'm here to serve you and I'm here to grow you. It's like he's saying, don't let the burden of religious nonsense hold you down. Let's plow this field called life together so that there is a wonderful harvest at the end. Because no one sows a seed only just to watch something grow. You sow something like leadership, like mutual submission into your heart. You dwell on it in your mind. It's embedded into your heart. And that then begins to overflow out of your heart to those around you. Friends, that's influence. Leadership is recognising a person's purpose and responsibilities and serving them in the right way to get there. John Piper says it this way. He says, I dealt with a couple one time. I quote, I dealt with a couple one time. The wife said he demanded that she get permission to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Ridiculous, right? Anyway, I just looked at him and said, you're not well. You have an unbelievably distorted view of this fellow heir of the grace of God, obviously pointing to his wife. You don't understand the Bible. You're taking a word like authority or leadership or submission and then you're stepping away from the Bible and filling those words up with stuff that you want to do. You're not getting this from the Bible. You see, submission is not about the wife or a spouse or somebody else being subservient to the husband or, or their leader or, or any woman being subservient to any man. It is about the mutual submission of two individuals to each other, supporting one another. In order to do so, we must first, as I started by saying, be fully submitted to Christ. Now, I want to help you in this journey. And this journey of leadership is so key and so important because it requires courage. And it requires courage often because we're afraid of failure. So I want to help you adjust and help you qualify what failure can be. See, my third point for today is this, and my last one is this. Failures always lead to growth when Jesus is Lord of your life. Remember what I said to you. If you'd allow him just to take your heart, 
take your heart, mould it and shape it in the small things. He will grow it into greater influence. Sometimes it takes our most precious possessions to be taken away from us to gain perspective on what really matters. Back in 2012, a man named Ted Cluck wrote about the imminent fall of the cyclist Lance Armstrong. As some of us may recall, Lance Armstrong was part of uh, an a, a, a incredible doping scandal and was discovered and found out. But Ted Cluck wrote this. He said, the most sophisticated and successful doping program the sport had ever seen. Not my words, Ted Cluck's. Cluck commented uh, that his demise reminded us that God will not be mocked and that idols eventually fall. But he also noted this in the article. He said, even though Armstrong will have lost his reputation his Tour de France victories, his well-cultivated image as a hero, and perhaps even money, he still has a chance. Why? Because in Christ, to lose everything, he may gain everything. And in doing so, he might gain the most valuable prize of all. You see, I want you to look at your greatest failures as potential to lead us back to God. So many times the Bible says it this way, that though a righteous man falls seven times, seven times he'll get back up again. That's a 100% success rate. That is God's heart towards all of us. And so many times as we go upon this journey with him, what has actually happened is that we have disqualified ourselves because we ourselves have felt like a failure. As a parent, so many times I can look back at decisions and reactions and responses that I just go, oh man, that was just an awful response. And, you know, I I shouldn't have responded like that as a parent. Even as a leader of Manningham Christian Centre and, and, and even long before that, there's so many times where I look back and if I'd have allowed poor decisions or, or, or personal failures to get in the way, then, then we would all be disqualified. But you see, Jesus doesn't look at our failures as a disqualification. He looks at our failures and says, I'll turn that around for good because the Bible says that God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Friends, failures are not final. Failures are not final. So I started off today's message with this very real and true thing. I asked you the question, who are you? Who do you allow to influence you the most? Is Jesus your greatest influence? Do I live beyond myself? Do I live a life mutually submitted to those around me? When I fail, do I allow Jesus to teach me through it?
if you would really like to ask all of those questions of your life, if you would like to be enhanced in that, then I want to recommend to you Equip 4. Equip 4 is what we would, we, we would suggest to you about a, 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 a pathway of personal development. It's systematic. It follows a program. It follows a program that if you would commit a minimum of one hour of fortnight in reading, learning, and discussion, then I know Jesus will lead you well. You'll be well prepared to lean into these areas of mutual submission. You'll start to see that failures are just an opportunity for growth. And you will see that when we press into the things of God, that to serve others actually means we begin to influence others. So I'd encourage you, this coming week's Team MCC will contain a link of where you can sign up and express your interest for it. And if you think, well, no, that's not for me, well, then that's okay. We're going to pray right now. And I know that God is going to touch you. I know that God is going to help you in this journey called life, this journey in leading yourself well and influencing those around you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we just come to you right now and we recognize you as our King and as our Lord. Jesus, help us know what it is to be submitted to you. Help us know what it is to press into the things of your word. Help us, Jesus, know that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Help us plow this field called life together. Lord, we submit to your leadership and we respond to your truth. Lord, help us live lives that are more effective. In Jesus' name. And we all said, amen and amen. Praise God. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much. And uh, I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Julie now. And uh, I hope that you got something out of today. God bless you. See you soon.